Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today we're going to be talking about health and mindset for business owners and in particular an audience. You'll enjoy this guest. Here he is, Ali McLean. Welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thanks very much for having me. So for for the uninitiated, tell, tell us who you are. So my name's Ali McLean. Um, originally from Belfast. I live in Liverpool now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been a martial arts uh, sort of fighter since I was like seven. I've been doing judo since I was seven years old. Yeah. Uh, started training in May at 15 and started competing professionally at 17. Um, I got as far as the ultimate fighter. Uh, but due to sort of the restrictive coaching I had at a younger age, I wasn't able to achieve as much as I wanted. Okay. Um, during my, the prime of my career, which had been my 20s. I'm in my 30s now. I'm early 30s, 31. So I didn't really achieve what I wanted. Um, and so since 17 years old, I've been coaching and PTing people at the same time. Mm. Um, and a lot of the issues and stuff I faced, I kind of had to face head on by myself. Yeah. I didn't really have anyone guiding me. That was a problem. And now as I get older, reluctantly, I... I, I have to stop competing because I have injuries. I have to move on sort of in my own self. That's reluctant. I don't want to. But the good thing about that is I get to share my own knowledge and how I overcame a lot of issues yeah. in fighting and life um, by myself um, and how I, I can help other people do that. And sort of that's why I relate to guys who are over 30, guys who are sort of stuck in their way and maybe don't understand their own self-sabotaging traits and how they procrastinate and sort of lack the sort of uh, get up and go routine to take in control of their lives that they need. Sure. Yeah. You can't do, um, if, you know, a lot of our listeners are business owners and you can't yeah. do what you did in your twenties in your thirties, even, even in business, in marketing, you have to, yeah. you have to mature, you have to learn those lessons. And I guess you also have to know when to, to let something go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was the hardest thing for me. And sometimes well, the, the old saying is when you hit rock bottom, you know, that's the perfect, the perfect base for like rocket shipping yeah. up to the sky. Um, and it, for me, it was not until I hit rock bottom until I kind of came to terms with the fact that, fuck, I'm not actually going to compete no more. Uh, that I was able to get clarity in my own life and kind of go, well, hold on, this isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing because the amount of people I can impact now yeah. is much greater. Because if you're reluctant to do something, if you're if you're like, you know yourself in business, if your minds, we were just talking about this, if your mind spread amongst three, four different things, they all kind of dilute. Whereas if you're in one pure direction, then it's only going to get better. And for me, uh, it wasn't until I was able to let go of fighting and kind of go, okay, I'm going to impact as many people as possible now that, you know, cool. shit started happening. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, what did, what did rock bottom look like? So it was literally only... Not that long ago, okay. not that long ago, to be honest. So it was, um, if we'll be honest, like it, it's, I, I don't want to say suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So I'm not saying suicidal, but for me, rock bottom was kind of like, oh, I hope he has a knife because, you know, if he, if he stabs me with that, I couldn't care. Like that would, that, that sure. would never, you know, it wasn't suicidal as in, okay, kill me. Yeah. I was sorry. It wasn't suicidal as if I want to kill myself, but it was a suicide. I don't really care anymore. I have no reason to live no more. Mm. Um, after I 
came to terms with not fighting anymore. I haven't really spoke about this, but it was kind of like, fuck, it, it was, to be honest, it was when I was, um, I was out, there was a group of six lads and we had an argument and in my head I was thinking, I hope one of you have a knife. I hope one of you have a knife on you and stab me because I'm going to grab it off you. I'm going to stab you back and we're both going to die. And in my head, that's the dark thoughts I had was like that. And I kind of came to terms with that myself and kind of went, why are you thinking like that? Why, what are you missing in your life? What is, what is the emptiness that fighting brought you? Mm. Because it's all I did. And, uh, it was sort of the impact helping people sort of the lack of routine, sort of the mindset changes that I needed. Um, and sort of adhering to a sort of more conducive lifestyle, you know, yeah. uh, like uh, fighting can sometimes, it seems like it's healthy on your side. You see, okay, you're training every day, you're doing this, you're doing that. But a lot of time people drawn to fighting are trying to replace something. And I tell people it's kind of like meditation. It's kind of like a distraction sometimes, but sometimes if you can use that, that can be used in a negative way as well, because you're not addressing the issues you have at hand. You pay for um, the me, That was a big, big yeah. issue for me. Got you. So judo at seven years old, which is, is pretty young. I started judo myself at that age, I think. Um, yep. How did you transition from judo to fighting? And I, how was that papering over the cracks for you? What was the, what, what was it that you wanted to solve? Um, so for me, judo, I started at seven years old, mm. but it was not what I wanted to get into. Okay. I thought it was karate or something. I thought there was kicks involved. And I went in, when are we going to learn how to kick? When are we going to learn how to punch? And the person that brought me went, well, we don't do that in judo. We just throw. And I was like, oh, really? Mm. So I just kept it up for a few years. But um, because of uh, family circumstances, I was never able to dedicate myself fully to it. Yeah. I wouldn't train as much as I wanted. I was on the Northern Ireland team. I was competing. I was doing all right, but I had, didn't have regular training. I knew it wasn't, I w- wasn't achieving what I could do. I wanted to be an Olympic gold medalist. I've always had like sort of goals at, like big goals, but yeah. I would never be able to achieve that because I wasn't training enough. And so I ended up quitting at 14 and I was just looking to fight at that stage. And at 15 years old, there was um, someone saying, oh, some of the fights burn knuckle in the back of a, a warehouse in Lisbon. And I went, oh, I wouldn't mind doing a bit of that. So I went, I went down and uh, inquired. He was like, well, this is actually a sport. This isn't just us fighting. Like, this is a sport. And I went, oh, really? And he was like, yeah, yeah, there's championships and, you know, there's rules and there's ref. And I went, well, can you be world champion and stuff? And he was like, yeah. And I thought, well, okay. And in my head there, I thought there and then, okay, well, I want to be world champion at that because I wasn't able to do it in judo. I thought, yeah. well, I'll just go and fight because that's actually fighting. Um, and for me at that age, like I, I hadn't really had a lot of, I wasn't really a social person. I was quite introverted. I not the greatest, like sort of, school and childhood bring up so okay. for me it was going into an environment where someone was coaching you someone was showing you interest and you sort of got applause when you want to fight and you were around a group of like-minded people um you sort of had structure yeah. routine for me for me as a kid uh it was vital because i hadn't had that before and i think that's what a lot of people lack and they don't really they don't associate that with martial arts, but the routine, the discipline, and the being around a group of like-minded people cannot be replaced, especially at a young age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah, I guess a lot of people go into kind of like the army for that reason or... Uh, yeah. 
yeah, some people start in business for that reason because they don't like how chaotic being employed is, and they want they want to, they want structure. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's kind of like a lot of people who join mentorship groups, like the one we're part of. Yeah, a lot of people stay in them because of the community and the routine that it brings them. Yeah, it makes sense. Because people don't have that in their lives. They lack routine. They lack a structure and that community. And also the the, the the sort of mentorship of someone showing them a path, someone kind of going, okay, do this next. Yeah. And that could be important for a kid who maybe, okay, you get that in school, but you're not going to listen to school. It's about subjects you don't want to learn. But as you go to a martial arts gym and there's a coach there who's tough and you look up to him and he goes, okay, you have to act this way. This is the proper way to act. You're going to listen to him because you have that respect factor. So I think, um, yeah, it was vital for me growing up. Yeah, that makes sense. So what was that like in terms of discipline? And, and uh, you know, if you start out by walking into a, a bare knuckle gym and then uh, you end up at the UFC, there's got to be some, a fair bit of contrast. Yeah, well, I got as far as the fighter, so I was quite, I was like a tiny step behind. Yeah. Um, but for me I, I, was, I wasn't badly brought up you know i had discipline and stuff like that um quite a lot of discipline but for me it's about the structure and routine yeah as what i speak to men now is how i relate to men who come into my program it's about having a routine where you're not just living day to day you're not just living week to week and leaving sort of health and fitness and your mindset to like chance. Yes. There's a, there's a set structure to it. Um, and without knowing it, without knowing it, the coach automatically instills that in you. And when I coach someone, I teach six key principles of that, of adherence, of sticking to anything. Yeah. And it always starts with inspiration. You've got to be inspired to start something. Why do you want to start? For me, it was, I wanted to fight, but that wasn't a real reason. I'm, I mean, I watched your latest video and I think one of the reasons was maybe you're a fat cunt. So. <laughs> that's the main reason. That's, that is the main reason for most people. I mean, to be honest, when I was a kid, I was a wee fatty. I didn't do enough exercise. So one of the main reasons for me was getting into shape. Now, if you had asked me back then, I just wanted to fight, to be honest. But it's a massive reason for most people. I mean, if you look in the mirror and you think, fuck, I'm a fat cunt, that's a negative mindset you've got, but that transpires into other things. That's not just like, okay, I'm a yeah. fat cunt. And that it stays at that. That goes to self-sabotage and trade sense. So when you make a business decision or you're going on a lead on a call with someone, whether you know it or not, subconsciously you're taking that into a conversation with you. Whereas yeah. if you include confidence in how you look and who you are as a person, that always comes across. Yeah. I, know, I mean, I know what quote we'll pull out of this podcast. But it's, uh, yeah, that's um, that's massive in terms of absolutely. It's, it's almost viral. If you let those thoughts start to yeah. embed, they affect every area of your life. And, yeah. in, you know, I'm as, as we know, you deal with a lot of business people who – Maybe they haven't been a cage fighter. Maybe they've never done judo, but they've um, they've got a lot of fight in them. There's a lot of internal fight going on, and a lot of things where they need to create some order to the chaos. I think, as a man, I think masculinity is kind of looked down upon a little mm -hmm. bit. I don't quite understand why. Maybe this is a feminist movement. I don't mean to offend anyone by that, but sometimes it can be a little bit offensive to be a man these days. Yeah. And when I say a man, I mean like being proud of like being 
a little bit tough, you know, hard nosed. Um, but sometimes, like again, a man isn't able to express his feelings. He's not able to say he's depressed, anxious. He can't go to his mates and say, "Look, listen, being a bit down, my bird dumped me in the snack because his mates will probably slag him off." And a major part of the reason why I like working with men is I want them to have a place they can go to and feel comfortable to go. You know what, mate? Bird split up with me, and I'm fucking, I'm a bit, bit depressed over it. And I can go, okay, no problem, because you're not going to go to your mates. Yeah, yeah. Not what you do, but you'll go to your coach. You'll go to someone who seems like a mentor, so to speak. And that's a major part of it. As you say, a lot of business people have that fight inside them, but it's in different aspects of our life. Whether it's a business, whether it's uh, with their family, but they're fighting for something. Every man fights for something. Mm. Um, but it's sometimes when you lack that routine and clarity and the support that goes with that, sometimes you can empty your own jug. And what I mean by that, if your own jug is empty, you can't fill everyone else's glass in your family. So if you want to yeah, fill everyone else's yeah. glass in your family, your own jug needs to be full. And that's what I say to people when they work with me. Look, if you, if you want to help your family, you've got to fill your own jug first. And that's not the selfish way. Ultimately, if your jug's full, you can fill everyone else's glass. You yeah. know, and many people just do that. Men if, don't do that. If the plane's going down, you've got to put your mask on first. And pe- people exactly. forget. Yeah, people forget. We talk about that a lot in this office that um, as a business owner, it doesn't matter what I've got going on personally. I have to be fulfilled so that when I come to the office, I can be a leader. Yeah, give 100%. Yeah, I mean, as as a man and as a leader, as a man of your family, you you tend to be the leader. You should be anyway. You should be taking control of your family, your life, and the direction they go in. My wife's um, Italian, mate, so I think you... <laughs> yeah, well, I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are. I mean, look, listen, a lot of strong women out here can relate to this as well. Listen, just me, just... I'm saying men because I work with men, but a lot of incredible strong females out yeah. here do the exact same job. It's just, I think for a female, they've got a lot more support. I think a female can go to your mates and kind of express their feelings. I think a lot of females have support systems in place. Whereas I think men kind of lack it and it's kind of looked down upon. It's yeah. almost seen in toxic masculinity when you well, have a group of men who stand together. We had this exact conversation with two two lovely ladies uh, last week and uh, we were talking about the difference between toxic masculinity and positive masculinity. Yes. And, and yeah. the fact that uh, toxic masculinity is when you go to the pub with your mates and you bring up a serious topic and they'll take the piss out of you for it. That That is toxic masculinity. That is toxic, yeah. And I think... When you reach your 30s, which is ultimately what we're talking about, you realize that you don't have as many friends as you thought you did. And that's a really lonely place for some men. They hit that point and they're like, shit, I've only got two or three mates. And and I, it, can, it can be the opposite. It can be a really empowering thing. You're like, oh, I haven't got to run around after everyone anymore. But, yep. but well, the, uh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, so I was just going to jump in there when you said that, and it's kind of like you just need to hit the nail on the head. Some people can see it as a good thing. Some people can see it as a negative thing. Yeah. It's ultimately how you perceive it, and it's the same with any situation. Um, ultimately, would you rather have 10 mates who you think are all right or kind of all right, but you're not 100% sure, or would you rather have two mates you know or do or die? They're going to stand by your side and go, you know, ultimately put their life on the line for you. Because anyone who's close to me, if we're in a bar and something kicks off, I'm willing to stand side by side no matter what. Like I'll put my life on the line for him because that's what a real mate does. Whereas I know in the past when I was younger, 
I wouldn't have had that around me. I wouldn't have had people yeah. like that around me. And I'm much in a much better place now. I think a lot of the problem with that as well is as a man, sometimes you kind of, and well, people in general, females as well, we kind of always need someone else for us to feel fulfilled. Mm. And that's an emptiness in ourselves. There's ultimately something we're lacking. If you're not happy by yourself, if you can't be in a room for a prolonged period of time by yourself about social interaction, then you're lacking something. So yeah. you need to what that is. And that's, that's most people, right? Most people yeah. struggle with that now. Um, yep. And I think, in, yeah, if, you, if you're not content with your own thoughts, something's, something's amiss. If you need to distract yourself from yourself, yeah, something, and, you, you know, we've all been there. Certainly business owners. Business owners are there all the time. So, well, any any entrepreneurs kind of like that, aren't it? Because that's why we're constantly looking for new ideas and doing something else, and that's why one of the main things I'll do with someone, and even your listeners doing this right now, you can start if you're not doing some mindfulness practice, like a meditation early in the morning. Yeah, then they're missing out. It's vital. Like it's it, even just ten minutes a day can make the difference between having clear thoughts and having sort of self sabotaging negative thoughts that are going to transpire into bad decision making bad sales calls it just yeah yeah so how did you hit that point how did you uncover that you know mindfulness affirmations structure with the things that you could help people with so for me it was kind of built over a long period of time over losing fights and sometimes winning fights but not winning them in the way i wanted and identifying after the fight going, hold on, why am I so depressed? What am I missing here? How do I overcome these negative thoughts in my head? How can I stop thinking that I'm not worthwhile, that I, I'm not very good? And how can I build my confidence in myself? Because after you lose a fight, it's like the lowest of the lows. Um, and for me, it was about, okay, well, the number one step for me is gratitude. Gratitude overpowers everything, even over just mindfulness being grateful for what you have right now. Okay. So I've lost a fight, but what am I grateful for? Well, I'm grateful for the breathe. I'm grateful for water. I'm grateful for the very, very, very basic necessities that I have every day, but I don't appreciate. Yeah. And that for me was 30 minutes every day. I did that for 30 minutes every day and I transformed my life mindset wise. Cause I used to have a very negative mind at the back of my mind. I would always have a negative voice. And when I started doing gratitude for 30 minutes every day, made a massive difference. And anyone listening to this can do that straight away. Just type in gratitude affirmations. Listen to it when you go about your day-to-day business in the morning. If you're doing a meaningless task that you don't need to think about, have it on and don't even think about it because it'll go in your subconscious mind when you're going about your dishes, when you're walking to work. Just don't even think about it. Just listen to it. And that automatically started transforming my own mindset. Now, the next step of that is also then having your own personal affirmations of what you want to achieve. So for me, it was building that confidence in fights. Yeah. And for me personally, I wanted to develop the strongest double-leg takedown I could create. Okay, so that double-leg takedown is where you take someone down to the ground. Yeah. So I created my own affirmations where I was just t- repeating to myself, okay, I am strong and powerful when I do a double-leg. It's very basic, okay? And... Every time I would go to sleep, before I would go to sleep, I would just repeat it about 20 times, 30 times. I would look in the mirror in the morning. I would repeat them again. I would try and get myself believing that with energy inside. So you have to actually believe it. You have to kind of say it and kind of go, oh, I'm saying it, but don't really believe it. Yeah. You have to almost have a bit of energy to it when you're saying it. 
And then the third step, and this is probably, well, near enough, you could probably put this number one. I don't have it on right now, but I used to have an elastic band on my wrist, okay? And any time you think anything negative, any time you have a self-sabotaging thought, any time you think you're lesser of a man, you snap it. You snap it and think about something else. And it's kind of like, well, you don't really treat dogs like this anymore, but back in the day, you used to treat a dog, but you used to hit it in the nose when they used to do something you didn't like. I don't advise that. I'm not into dog uh, hurting dogs, but that's for, for a man, have an elastic band on. Anytime you think of some self-sabotaging, negative, something you don't like or something you don't want to think about anymore, snap the elastic band and um, it sort of rewires your brain, okay? And you repeat that for a 30-day period, reevaluate where you are, and then with them three things, in my opinion, it transformed how I thought. It transformed how I conducted my day-to-day sort of. Yeah, you know, that's huge. Just, you touched on something there, which is so key to entrepreneurs, and, and you were talking about fighting, but it's about when you win and it's still not good enough. That boys down the gratitude. It boys down the gratitude. And a lot of people, because we are type A personalities, mm. the next best thing, we want to go to the next best thing. Oh, I want to do this now. I want to do that now. Whereas we don't take that moment to sort of relax, be grateful for what we've achieved. And even just having that mindfulness of just learning how to relax. You've got to learn how to relax. Yeah. And having them non-negotiables in your day-to-day. Someone actually pointed this out. I think it was Joe Parrish. So I'll give him a shout out because he was there at the at the um, event. He's the coming on the podcast through. soon too. So. He'll be an outstanding guest. And I think someone else pointed out when he was doing a Q&A, I forget who it was, but they pointed out you should probably, you should, what do you, what would you put it? Your week should be rotated around your non-negotiable resting and your sort of non-negotiable uh, sort of um, yeah. hobbies and activities. So like, when are you going to have a rest? When are you going to have an off day? When are you going to go to the golf course? Your week should be based around that, not your work, because your work is always going to be there. You're a type A guy. You're an entrepreneur. You're always going to get the work done. But when are you going to rest? When are you going to take in and be grateful for what you have? And that hit me hard. I went, yeah, that's a good point, because a lot of people don't do that. That's amazing, isn't it? It's flip flip your diary and, you know, time with your wife, time exercising, time relaxing, time yeah. doing your hobbies and then work, work around it, which not many people do that. So. We feel guilty, don't we? We feel guilty. We have to get this done. I have to get that done. But ultimately, what is the point in having a good thriving business, money coming in? If you're unhappy, you don't like it. Yeah. If your if your missus hates you, if your kids don't get to see you, like they are the key principles. If your business suffers a little bit from that, well, so as long as long as yeah, yeah, yeah. So to to use a fight analogy, if you took that approach to fighting, you would train so much that by the time fight day came, you wouldn't be able to fight. Listen, that's exactly why I know this. Yeah, because I I used to do that. I used to do that. I used to leave the fight in the gym. The fight used to be in the gym. Like 90% of the time, I would always leave a little bit in the gym. Um, and it's because, like I say, it's that type A personality where more is always better. Well, no, it's not. No, it's not. Like, you don't want to, just because you think more is better doesn't mean it's the case. A lot of the time, as we said, yeah. flipping it on his head is a lot better because you know you're going to come in at 100%. Whereas if you overdo it, then there's no coming back from that. 
you know, when you overtrain or over, it, it, anything, too much yeah. stress, it's going to affect your business decisions. It's going to affect how you approach a client. And maybe you're a little bit more negative. Maybe you're a bit, a little bit cheeky on the call. Or maybe you don't have the same amount of rapport with that client. All because you've neglected that little bit of rest. Where if you had that bit of rest, you'd have smashed it in that sales call. You'd have smashed it with that brand new client. All because you forgot the rest. So how do you explain that to a new client of yours when I'm sure you have clients that tell you they don't need rest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not, it's just a non-negotiable. It's like we go into this, when you work with me, it's non-negotiable. What I'm going to tell you, you've got to put 100% faith in me that I'm going to show you the way. And a lot of time I will give the analogy of me fighting, like I've just said with you, like fighting, like, so a good example was, um, my last fight, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and I was working my business at the same time. I was, um, training full time, but I was also working security at nighttime, uh, well, 10 hours at night, 10 wow. hours a night, um, seven days a week. And I went into the fight, like not the same person, not the same snap. And ultimately I lost and paid the price for it. Um, and as I say, the clients like, listen, you're speaking to somebody who's been there. Like it, it, it's not intelligent. It's not big just because you think you can do more. A lot of cases, it's not, it's, it's just the complete opposite. I mean, it's kind of related to like how the body works. Your muscles recover a lot quicker than your tendons and joints, but you won't feel your tendons and joints sore. Yeah. You won't feel them sore. They'll just go on you. They'll just go. That's why you get injured because you haven't, if you're doing a lot of strength work, you've got to let them recover. They're, they need a lot more time to recover than your muscles do, but you won't feel it. Sometimes you're going to have to trust the process. You've got to trust the coach or the science. Yeah. A lot yeah. of case is the same with like your business. Look, listen, you might not right now think I'm right, but when the results show, which is by before and after is a good example of that. Like when the results show, then, you know, you'll find Yeah, it. and it's true in business that you can push and push and push and push and then something just snaps. It's the same It's the yeah. same thing. Uh, and, and in relationships, you know, if you, yeah. if, you, if you push too hard to please and push and push and push and push and then something just snaps and you've got to, you've got to be able to take a step back. You've got to be able to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I agree. we've covered some ground in this podcast. What's the yeah. uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, so Instagram. Yeah, Ali McLean's A L I M A C L E A N S. Probably the best way. Or fatfightcamp.com. Fatfightcamp.com. Awesome, Ali. You've been a wicked guest. Thanks Perfect. so I've much for coming I've on. Loved it.